You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network, with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody, for a Christmas edition here of Wins Above Fantasy, episode 124. It is Wednesday, December 20th. I'm Van Burnett, joined as always by Steve Giswelli. Thank you, listeners, for a little bit of patience. We've been kind of migrating in uh, the off-season here, so we thought we'd be with you last week. We're here this week. It's our closest episode to Christmas ever, Steve, and it's going to be a great one. We've got uh, maybe a little bit of a wordplay reach in the spirit of uh, St. Nicholas Pollock. I'm just kind of riffing over here. ADP gifts for position cliffs, where we are looking at all of the different positions as we approach draft season, finding out which ones you need to have a plan for, which ones have those kind of nasty cliffs where if you don't get the first three second basemen, then you got to wait a long, long time, all that good stuff. So very much looking forward to it, Steve. Uh, I feel like we could spend 25 minutes just catching up, but how's it going? You ready for uh, the holidays? Loving all this Otani mania and hot stove, all this action? Yeah, glass now trade. Um, Dodgers just getting everyone excited to see where Yamamoto signs. I think, you know, maybe this week it'll be quiet news wise, but then I'm hoping it'll pick up like after after the holiday week. Yeah. Um, You know, we forget with so many condensed off seasons and COVID and we kind of got to the point where there was such a drag for news. I remember, I think there was like, 2017 or 2018 where like we had to wait like till like the end of January for like the first news to sign or yeah. it was like the year that JD Martinez was a free agent it took forever for him to just even get a deal and it just felt like the off season completely dragged along but you know with Otani and the was he going to Toronto on a private jet no right. it's just a shark tank guy it's, it's been exciting I'm, I'm thankful that it hasn't been as dull of an off season as it was like pre COVID and pre, you know, uh, during the lock, the lockout year and everything like that. So, um, bit excited for that. And I'll give you a pass for the, uh, for the wordplay. That's good. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I like it. I think we did something similar last year where we did a position cliff episode, but it kind of organically turned into, okay, this is a position cliff, but here's kind of who you should target or where value is on a different cliff or a different section to kind of give actionable items um, rather than just saying, oh, you know, oh, crap, here's a, here's a cliff. Hope you had something before that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, maybe a, a solution to sort of deal with those position cliffs because I feel like now that there is more information and there's – you know, more projections and they're getting better and the research that people put in the off season is more plentiful and fantasy baseball is now a year round sport. The cliffs are much more evident and in line with ADP because the market and the players are just so smart and they are more evident now because they're all, every room is a sharp room. Like even your home league rooms are sharp rooms and, if a position is shallow, guys at the top of the position are going to get scooped up quicker than they should because everyone in the room knows that that's, that's a position that, that needs to be addressed early. So yeah. I think it's super important and a, a big part of prep and um, you know not necessarily the first prep episode that we're doing, but uh, an important one and a good place to start. 
Yes. Yeah. And, and it's one of those kind of in line with what we've been doing recently where it's big picture. Like we are going to helicopter past a hundred names on this show. And uh, that's a challenge for us, Steve, because usually we'll talk about eight for an hour and a half. <laughs> um, but we're going to try to get through every single position and basically do the side by side of not only their ADP, but also the 2024 auction calculator ran off of fan graphs based on steamer projections. And I know that not all the projection models have come out yet. Steamer's kind of an early mover there, but steamer did have the best results in terms of pitching in 2023. So kind of interesting. We'll definitely recap, uh, you know, with the Ariel Cohen ATC projection episode a while back and that one kind of aggregates all. So I'm sure we'll do kind of a projection-specific podcast as we get closer. But for the sake of this, we're using the auction calculator next to ADP to try to look for, like you said, Steve, like, you know, some tangible advice where we can say, based on this model, whether or not Steve and I agree with it, that the model and the ADP shows that this is a value versus this is not a value at all. So, yeah, it should be, should be good. I'm excited. Um before we totally jump off it, Steve, I tell you every year about how I'm only allowed three of my baseball figurines on my Christmas tree. Uh, so this year, to uh, to honor the Shohei Otani Dodgers, uh, I went with Nomar Garcia Para at short in the Dodgers uniform. And I didn't really know what else to do, so then I went uh, Derek Jeter as well, and then Cal Ripken. And I was like, you know what, this is kind of a shortstop theme and then I just realized that since we're doing the position preview, my Christmas tree already has the position pre- preview where it's looking <laughs> at shortstop. So that's my one, you know, really useful piece of advice for everyone who's worried about my Christmas tree before we jump in. Um, but Steve, talk to me. Uh, you know, you helped build out this rundown. Uh, before we get into each position, we got to move fast. How are you as a manager looking at this? Because there's some pretty crazy stuff on this. I, I know when our opinions aren't going to completely change based on this, but what's kind of your mentality when you read through this chart and, the, and do this exercise? This exercise coupled with um, the mock draft we did with Nick, um, and you can see all those podcasts. I, I think all of them have, have rolled out already. Um as on the on the on the corner uh, podcast feed on the Pictureless Podcast Network, um, the, my biggest takeaway was that was to be more position conscious. Um, one of my biggest strategies and philosophies when building a team has always sort of been best posi- best player available. Um, figure out the position eligibility later like you know don't worry if you clog up your utility spot early if you draft two short stops um you know if you have two outfielders in the three outfielder league early i i, I am shying away from that and being more position concept con conscious. conscious after building that team and like just loading up on outfielders even though i loved all those hitters um i found myself to be very weak at other positions and other shallow positions and looking at this, seeing how you know closely grouped together the top three first basemen are, how closely grouped together um, you know the 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 top end second basemen are, I need to be able to spread that out because there is going to be a position that you are weak at, 
if you double up on a position and don't, you know, have you know position eligibility in mind when drafting a team, you are going to be behind the eight ball in more than one spot, which I think is a detriment. Um, and that's kind of how I felt with my team um, in the mock draft. And it's a it's a it's a reminder when looking at these tiers and trying to do this exercise and find value. Um, in later tiers where you miss because they're not enough good players to go around, like right, at least right. top end or or or, or locks. So yeah, you're going to be shallow at what one one spot or two. That's a great point. Like it, you almost take notes on a show like this, and then then the following step is trying to assemble like what is the best possible draft. Like if there is value that I can get from pick sixty to a hundred, and I know I have to invest in let's say second and third and starting pitcher in the top 50, something like that, then you can start to figure out like what's your ideal draft from a value standpoint. I think the only other thing I would add at, at a high level, and we can kind of challenge this throughout, but steamer and projection models in general don't necessarily love unproven upside. Um, there's a lot that is baked in around track record. And I think that's part of what the models do is they, you know, it's kind of like the house at a casino, you know, like they're, they're trying to make these projections in a way that, you know, look at three year trends that kind of, you know, meet in the middle, things like that. So it's no accident in my opinion, that some of the kind of flashiest names that are going to have the biggest volatility on like min pick max pick tend to be the ones that don't seem like, a recommended value here. Uh, but that's not always the case. So if there is kind of a high upside guy that also is a value here, that has my attention. And then on the flip side, if there's like an old veteran that's they're saying is, is not a value that's like, okay, so he's oatmeal and it's not a value based on the projections. Like that's kind of how I'm also looking at this, but without further ado, we got a ton of positions to get into. So we'll start with catcher, Steve. And this was a, a, a position that we looked at from the mock drafts and said, it's deeper than ever. We can wait. No big deal. And now we look at it, and it's pretty much alone at the top is William Contreras at a $27 auction value. Uh, his ADP is at pick 88. So really, that's not a bad investment for a $27 player. After Contreras, you kind of have a tier of two where you got Adley at a $21 value. His ADP is 52nd, so about 35 picks ahead of Contreras there, $6 less on the on the auction calc. And then Sal Perez at a $19 valuation, and his ADP is all the way back at 143 So those are kind of the top two tiers. Obviously, Perez there with like a 100-pick discount from Adley and just a $2 drop-off. Then there's kind of a clustering, but it falls off fast of – Will Smith, who kind of is alone at an ADP or an auction calculator of $14. And then after Will Smith, you got Cal Raleigh, uh, Kbert Ruiz, Wilson Contreras, and then kind of the shocker is JT Real Muto, ADP 75, and his auction calculator value is just $5.60. So definitely like a, a bust candidate, according to this exercise, is Real Muto. Uh, and then beyond that, Steve, it's kind of the late targets that I know you and I were talking about from the pitcherless mock. Uh, Yaner Diaz, Gabriel Moreno, Francisco Alvarez, they're kind of all in a, a pot of, you know, like $5 or under. 
but at that point, you're waiting so deep into the ADP that maybe that's an approach anyway if you don't want to pay up too much. So any observations or takeaways when you look at this grouping? I think Sal on the upside and Real Muto on the downside was was what kind of stood out to me, but curious if this changes anything for you. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that a lot of Real Muto's value is derived from stolen bases and they, the... the Steamer projection only has him for, uh, you know, 60 cents worth of value um, on stolen bases. I'm looking at the I'm And I think they the, got the him for 13, number. right? Yeah, which is which is interesting. Maybe, you know, with the with the deals are cheapening. Yeah. Yeah. With the with the stolen base environment that that may be different. Um, yeah, they have him down for for 13 he had 16 last year 21 the year before that so i i could see it he's heading into his age 33 season i wouldn't be surprised if that went down one or two um you know um it, it's just everything overall is is a little bit down as far as the power the ops the 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 slug is down 20 points as far as projection versus what he put together last year um so you know, I, I would I would be surprised if it was that bad, but I don't think the market is going to be that low on him, and it isn't. He's the second catcher off the board after Adley. So um, I, I just don't – my biggest takeaway from this is that there are a lot of positive dollar projected catchers, whereas before it felt like there was only like – the top three or four guys were projected to have even a, you know, a positive value. Yeah. Now there's – there's 12 catchers alone that have you know, more than a dollar value, and that's not counting, you know, guys that have some upside with like Logan Hop, even like Sean Murphy is projected for negative five dollars, and I know he faded off in the second half, but he was a league winner in the first half, so um, it kind of reassures that I'm okay with basically any one of these middle to late round catchers, um, and I think they might be more of a flyer and more of a short thing than a flyer than they have been in in, in recent years, um, just as far as talent-wise and the position overall as a whole. That's fair. I mean, I, I, I think that's definitely where my head is at going into all drafts, I guess, to challenge it, to challenge us as well. Looking through the rest of this list, Steve, for, for any player to have a $27 projection or higher— mm-hmm. No one has an ADP as late as William Contreras. So with that, like, do you think you'll have a single share? I, I can tell you, I think a lot of that is based on the volume, especially around runs and RBIs and how often he plays. I think it might have been Schwebzy who took him in uh, the pitcherless mock because I was listening to that one. But yeah, talking about just volume and contribution, I'm just curious because this exercise says Contreras is a very rare value in terms of, you know, position cliff, et cetera. Yeah. I think if you do want to take a catcher early, I think it would be, it would be William Contreras. That's, that's my takeaway. You know, he's entering his age 25 season. Um, He just hits, you know, back-to-back years of 20 homers, 17 homers. He hit the 20 homers in 97 games in 2022. Um, so kind of a bit of a, a step back almost power-wise. You know, you, you would have thought that he would have gotten to 20 easily in the 141 games. But that's not to say that everything else wasn't really good. He even chipped in six stolen bases, um, an 825 
OPS from a catcher that plays 141 games. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't see how um, you know it, I I wouldn't see taking an, a, a different catcher just you know quality contact wise the barrel percentage is great the hard hit is great um, all of those metrics are are really good. Um, you know, he doesn't strike out that much. Uh, he really improved on that this year. Maybe he was a bit more contact oriented as opposed to the the selling all out for power. And if if that's the case, if it's going to be, you know, a twenty homer upside with just a twenty percent strikeout rate rather than maybe a twenty five homer upside and a twenty eight percent strikeout rate, I think I might take that. Um, mm-hmm. Considering the, you know, there's a lot of catchers that provide a few dollars of value with you know a 200 average and, and good homers um if you, you get sort of so a, yeah. a a four and a half category catcher is a lot more valuable than like the two category catcher you know yeah um which i think william Contreras is kind of trending in that direction so if i were to take a catcher early it would be Contreras, and hey that's that's pretty good considering by adp he's what the third or fourth catcher off the board in most cases. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's a draft, this, not that it might be William Contreras over like Will Smith, who's Mm -hmm. two picks after him. And Will Smith's auction calc is $14 versus the 27 for, for Contreras. So um, yeah, very interesting. Um, I might try it. I might try it on a draft um, for Contreras just because of the number. So staggering, but Let's move along to first base, Steve. <clears throat> so this one was was interesting to me because I think we've always said, Steve, that we like a top-end first baseman. In the past, we've said, you know, near the back end of the first round, the beginning of the second round. This very much supports that. It's just the shape of it is a little bit different where there's kind of this tier one with Vlad in first, despite his ADP of a a 31 overall, he has a $37 auction calculator. Uh, Matt Olson also at $37. His ADP is 18th. And then Freddie Freeman, $36 and change. And his ADP is ninth. That's kind of the top tier there. Then you slide down a little bit. Uh, Bryce Harper at $30, which again, still great value there, but the ADP is 16th, so he's going sooner than Vlad. Uh, Pete Alonzo is right there at $28. His ADP is 28 as well. So these are, you know, the the top two round type of guys so far, with the exception of Vlad being kind of the standout. Then there's a big, big drop to Goldschmidt. Um, his his auction calculator is $21, so seven beneath Alonzo, but his ADP is all the way back at 80. So that's one that shows a, a little bit of a bargain, as well as Yandi Diaz. So a couple of guys we like there, Steve, but Yandi, an $18 valuation, and his ADP is at $137. Uh, that leads to kind of, in my opinion, the surprises that Christian Walker is down at $16. I was also surprised that his ADP was 92nd. I think Nick Pollock in our mock draft got him like fourth or fifth round. And maybe that's a little bit soon, but I feel like 92 isn't really taking into account how much he grew last year. Uh, then Josh Naylor, and then the biggest surprise of all, which I I bet you're going to have strong feelings about, is Cody Bellinger. They have it just a $13 evaluation, despite being uh, an ADP of 55 at the moment. 
So Bellinger of this entire group is probably the biggest kind of quote unquote bust based on the model. Um, and Vlad is probably the biggest hit being first in an ADP of 31. So you got Goldschmidt and Yandi in there as well. I know a lot of names, numbers, but talk to me about this grouping at first. You know, projections are polarizing and, you know, you kind of hinted at it. Um, that they may not favor um, guys with shorter track record or guys that sort of pop up or bounce back, in this case, Cody Bellinger. Um, But I think they're a good tool to sort of keep you grounded. And I know that everyone wants to fade Vlad, and it's been two years in a row now that They've been quote unquote disappointing seasons more so probably last year than 2022. But I think that there is a, a, a pretty enticing buying opportunity for Vlad, um, a guy that, you know, it, this may be the outlier for the year that Vlad doesn't go in the first round, right? They, they, they made some changes to the stadium that, you know, hurt Blue Jays hitters. Maybe another year there will um, help these guys improve and get used to it. Um, you know, all of the metrics are there except for even the, even the fly balls were better. Um, you know, it just didn't really translate to the season that Vlad wanted. So, I don't know. I, I, I That's my biggest takeaway that I think I... I like I love Vlad at at that price <laughs> right. at that ADP thirty one, and then also that I want one of those top five first basemen um, from Vlad to to Alonzo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think looking at the top five, it's it's the same as every year. I, I'm with you that I would love I would feel so much better about my team if it doesn't happen. I'm. I'm doubling down and it's not like it's like a, you know, reach because this, this value is so good. But from the moment I saw Goldschmidt going like 60th or 70th, mm-hmm. now his ADP is 80 uh, since November 15th. And that's removing just cause we forgot to note that that's removing like gladiator drafts. That's just draft champions. Just draft draft so, champions yeah. so uh, Goldie at 80, um, if I miss out on the top five, I like Goldie enough that I would probably reach to like ADP 70 just to make sure I have them. Uh, because I think, I think, I think Goldie and Walker are like yeah. the parachute players. Like if I don't get one of the top five, those those are the two guys that I want. Yep. Walker, absolutely. it's just, well, I don't know if it's a boring name or just the fact that he kind of was forgotten for three or four years um, in between his like good seasons. But He's done it two years in a row now. He had 36 and 33 homers uh, and was even better overall um, last year as far as average-wise. Um, OPS, uh, you know, it, it mm-hmm. was – he did it again, essentially. So um, I think those are two really good options if you don't get one of those top five guys. I, I agree there. So again, to kind of recap there, at least the model doesn't like Bellinger, but as you pointed out, Steve, there that might be some kind of real life, obviously changes and improvements for Bellinger that the model's not picking up on. And then Vlad as the standout there with, with Goldie and Yandi were the other ones that the model liked 
so to speak. I know we, we want to be more actionable here, I guess. Give us like some deeper names that you would like, you know, because what in a 12 team league, we, we like seven guys. Give us give me a guy like post 12 that, that you really like as a one base, as a first base option. I mean, I've, I've personally will have Vinny P shares, especially if that ADP stays at 180. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's probably the big one that jumps out. Um, also, there are some like Yandy at one thirty-seven is the fourteenth off the board, so I still really like that if he's got eligibility. Uh, man, beyond that, Steve, I don't know. Uh, I don't feel good about any of these guys this deep being like a starting first baseman. Um, yeah, it, it's tough. I, I I like Casas a lot. I know it's it's close up there. It's it's the fourteenth oh, yeah. ranked one um, per steamer. Um, but, but I, I could, I could see that. And I also think Nathaniel Lowe is kind of like a Christian Walker light. Um, you know, no matter how many solid seasons he could put together, like, sure. You're not going to love him as your starting first baseman, but I think he can be a starting first baseman for you in a 12 or 14 team league. Um, you know, the power may not be what it was with 27 homers in 2022, but it should be, uh, um, high teens, low 20s, um, decent average and good counting stats on a Texas Rangers offense. Um, last three years, he's played at least 157 games, so you're going to get the volume. Um, so as a as a later serviceable starting first baseman, I don't mind Nathaniel Lowe there. Yeah, and the ADP for Lowe is 200, whereas yeah. Casas right now is 103. So don't Casas is going to be a sexy name, yeah. Yeah, that is moving w- way up. And then Encarnacion Strand is, is behind Casas at uh, ADP of 117. And then Torkelson. So they must not have Torkelson very high on, on the auction calc because he didn't uh, come 15th, off when we were looking at Okay, 15th. $8.6. $8.60. Yeah, but again, that's one of those kind of mold breakers. Like if it works out for him, it'll be kind of a projection buster. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Isaac okay. Paredes is another name uh, I like there for, for corner infield. Uh, perennially underrated. Um, knows how to pull the fl- post five balls and get the most out of them. Yeah, I feel like uh, that's a Scott Chu guy through and through, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Um, well, let's move to second base, Steve. And this one is uh, reminiscent a little bit of what we talked about with Catcher, where alone at the top, you've got Mookie Betts. Um, $37 and change on, on the valuation. Of course, you got to pay a top five pick for, for Mookie. But I guess the point is, uh, it seems to be worth it, at least as it relates to position cliffs. So after bets, we have this, you know, kind of second grouping, which is Ozzy Albies in the second round, ADP of 22. Albies is a $29 value after the, the 37 for bets. And then kind of a mini drop-off there to Altuve and Simeon, who Altuve's $24, Simeon is $22.50. Altuve's ADP at $37 and Simeon at $27. Then there is a huge drop-off in terms of ADP where the, let's count them, one, two, three. So the fifth top value is actually Glaber Torres at $18, and his ADP is at $102. Uh, Cattell Marte is kind of grouped with Torres in a tier here. He's a $16 value with an ADP of 120. Um, 
then you kind of just move down the board. I guess the next group would be like Andres Jimenez, uh, Nico Horner, and Matt McLean in terms of dollar valuation. But ADP-wise, Horner's actually been in the ADP of 61. Uh, I've been on the record, Steve, talking about how I really like Horner, but his ADP when I was looking at that was like 85-90. 61's not looking as, as cheap anymore. And then Matt McLean is right there with an ADP of 58. So it kind of falls fast for second baseman. It's not to say there aren't options there with Torres and Cattell Marte, uh, but after after Horner, McLean, and Jimenez, you've got Luis Arias with a nine dollar valuation, ADP one fifty eight, and then it's just a smattering of guys underneath a five dollar valuation. Most of them are kind of stuffing things glue guys, with the exception of. Bryson Stott and Haseon Kim, who are both pretty much top 100 players that you got to draft, and they're pretty much giving you no value at this position. So talk to me about second base. I know this is Nick Pollock's patented one that you always have to have a plan for second base, and looking at this list, it kind of looks like that. Yeah, you you do. Um, I know Altuve is probably one of my favorite targets this year, and that's you know, one because I think he's a really good player, but two because you're in trouble um, if you don't figure out second baseman before you're essentially taking a flyer, right? Um, if you don't get one of these top end guys like Andre Semenez, Nigo Horner, Matt McLean, nothing, nothing against them. Like they're all good players, but they're being drafted above their actual fantasy value and production numbers just because right they are second baseman right like you know you've been right and and you know sung nico horner's praises before anyone else and 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 have you know talked about what he's good at and what he does well but at the end of the day it's still you know uh a batting average stolen base like non-zero power guy that you know there's going to be guys that you're drafting around nico horner that pr- produce you know much more production in a, in a vacuum outside of position eligibility so uh those guys are being pumped up because second baseman is a problem um and, and you kind of have to uh solve that that being said i i know that there is that cliff um of after after simeon but I think you're okay if you're if you're in the Torres to McLean area, right? Like I, I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. panic. I, I would I would be totally fine with those guys as my starting baseman, starting second baseman. Um, but then after that, there are a lot a lot of question marks. I know Stott has been a good player, and you know the projections might not buy it yet. Um, but the, there is a good player in there, and I could see that being a. Uh, uh, pro- providing a value even if the projections don't say so just yet um but we're even like getting into like playing time questionability really quick with like Luis Rahifo, Tyro Estrada guys that you know are on teams that may mix and match and platoon and try and get the most out of their value more so on the Giants side than the Angels side but still um that's a tough thing to be thinking about as far as like playing time. Um, and Matt McLean's, you know, had an awesome rookie season. Um, but there are some question marks in in 
his quality contact and and you know whether or not he overperformed a little bit um his first his first year but hey that that ballpark can uh can make up for it a lot but i i think nick is right essentially you need a plan for second base yeah yeah and some of these guys still have okay projections like looking at horner for example i think they've got him at like uh what is it 13 homers uh i should have it right in front of me uh, sorry, twelve homers and thirty-one steals. Yeah, and McLean two eighty-one. Yeah, McLean two twenty-four <laughs> homers, eighteen steals. Like those are good projections. So yeah, I, I think it, the trend that's just kind of emerging, and we can challenge it the rest of the way here, is that like, like you pointed out, Steve, like his his stolen base value is actually, you would think, I'm trying to find a way to describe this, uh, like twelve homers versus like 30 plus steals you would think the steals outweighs the homer deficit it actually doesn't it it cancels out it cancels out it cancels out entirely so that's where we just gotta yeah one you gotta go to the projection see if you buy them and two you have to kind of assess you know is it team context are you punting in category like do you really need speed and and Uh, yeah yeah that's also a great point yeah, like but, if you if you need if you have no steals guys and like that Nico Horner is going to become much more valuable and that stolen base dollar value relative to your team is much more than the eight dollars, right? Uh, yeah. So, but it it is interesting in a vacuum that Glaber Torres is worth you know almost thirty three percent more than Horner, and you get him forty picks later just in a vacuum. So yeah. That is second base. Um, We've got the rest of the infield coming up, which we'll get to in just a second. This bustling holiday, you might be looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Cross meal prepping off your list this holiday season with Factor. Skip the meal planning, grocery shopping, chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, and get Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Head to factormeals.com slash WAF50 and use code WAF50 to get 50% off. That's code WAF50 at factormeals.com slash WAF50 to get 50% off. All right, Steve. I might have to, to get a little factor meal once uh, baby joins the party for me late late January. Oh, did yeah, you guys do prep. a little home we, home we, prep we, thing? We we did. We did. We had uh we had uh you know, minimal time when when the baby came. Um and it was the middle of the baseball season for me, so I had absolutely no <laughs> No time for meal prep when couldn't that happened. The, uh, so. Couldn't leave the triple yeah. monitor set up. Yeah. All right. Well, Steve, give my uh, my voice box a break here. If you wanna, if you wanna run through shortstop, I know uh, it's kind of a Rubik's cube talking through it all. But uh, what's what's the landscape looking like as it relates to the cliffs for shortstop? Yeah. So this is similar to sort of sort of the second base, but I think there's just more players that are, that are that have value um 
it's deeper essentially, right? Like you have wit yeah. one um, at forty three dollars at ADP three, then a big drop off to I would say a second tier of Bichette at twenty seven dollars, Turner at twenty four, um, and Seager right. at twenty uh, Seager at twenty seven, Bichette at twenty seven, um, Seager closer to twenty eight, and then Turner, um, and then like a like. Lindor, maybe you you want you could you could bump him up there too at eighteen dollars, um, if you want to say that there, um, and then it's like some of the younger guys, Gunner at fifteen dollars, Cruz at fourteen. There's your boy Nico Horner at thirteen, Bogarts at twelve, um, Abrams at ten, and then it's a, a a pretty steep drop off, which is surprising. At Elliott, just two dollars, Swanson at two dollars. Um, but that being said, like, I don't know, for some reason, Swanson at $2 feels better than like Arias at $9, uh, for, for second baseman, um, as, as weird of an analysis that, that, that is, but it just feels like there are better, more useful players at, at, at shortstop, um, across categories, and, just across category. Yeah. Um, so I, I honestly like unless you you're you're in a position where you take Seeger at the turn or uh you know you have a top three pick and spend it on wit, um I would sort of let shortstop come to me. Um whereas for second base it's like all right, I I'm I'm gonna snag Altuve here while I can. I'm gonna get Simeon um and sort of take your position eligibility and, and, and roster building medicine. Um Whereas for shortstop, like, you know, I, I, I'm okay with that $2 flyer uh, for Ellie. Um, you know, his ADP is 18, so I guess that it's not necessarily a flyer. But, okay, um, I'm good with the Swanson flyer uh, at ADP 126 for $2. Um, I'm good with the a, a C.J. Abrams, um, you know, maybe a little bit of a reach at ADP 38, but, um, you know, you're, you're getting – Ten dollars worth of 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 steals uh, value there um, per steamer, which which is which is exciting. So uh, you know, I it's I just feel yeah. better overall about shortstop. Maybe I shouldn't. Um, I mean, th- th- this talk exercise. I mean, this exercise looks bleak for short. I agree with you. Like, just philosophically, I, I feel better about short. Like, that's where. I talked through in my mock draft. I did get Dansby Swanson, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, he's just a glue guy." I got him at one twenty. Like I loaded up on all my other positions. I think maybe because C.J. Abrams and Ellie are the exact opposite players for an exercise like this, because you know you're banking on that that upside. I guess maybe if it's pointing out one thing again, it's that trend that speed is not quite as, you know, enticing and, and much of a game changer as it was in past years because there's so much that goes around uh, that maybe that's what's hurting Abrams and Ellie a little bit. Uh, but Ellie could just pull a Tatis Jr. and be, you know, a first-rounder next year, and that's why it's so expensive. I think what I'm where I'm at is kind of what I said at the top of the show, that, like, if there's guys that are kind of oatmeal-y and this exercise doesn't like them, I might be extra out. So to me, that's Lindor. And even though Gunner is younger, I think his profile is a little bit more 
high floor. So at ADP of 28 for Gunner or 25 for Lindor, uh, I am going to skip that, actually. Um, I think it's really like in Bichette. Again, seems like the ones that this exercise, the whole auction calculator likes most, are the ones that have like 110 runs, or I'm sorry, 210 runs plus RBIs. Mm-hmm. Like guys who really fill up that volume stat, um, it matters a lot more than getting like 30 steals as opposed to 19 steals if you can get an extra 40 runs plus RBIs. So uh, that was the case for Wilson Contreras. I don't have Witt's projections right in front of me, but I'm, a, I'm guessing it's not just the speed, right, um, That's that's got him at a $43 player. Like, spoiler alert, there's some other outfielders, uh, Julio Rodriguez and Corbin Carroll, that are not $43 players, and those guys are getting drafted right around each other. I think I might be jumping on board with what you were saying, Steve, that, like, you know, this is this is the year that we're in on wit, where we've kind of been out the past couple of years, because that's just such a big jump. $16 from him to Corey Seager or any other shortstop. Um, I wouldn't mind having, having wit at the top of my team. So here's sort of a cool way to look at it and maybe um, contextualizes it, uh, my my word vomit and scramble, what I was saying. The auction calculator adds $13.3 for position eligibility for second baseman. For shortstop, it adds $12.6. So it's slightly better, not much better. Um and basically that's yeah. just like, you know, okay, here's the value that you get because you're drafting at this position and it's, you know, um, it's worth that much more because of uh, the position overall. Like for context, for catcher, if you're a catcher, you get $27 um, worth of uh, wow. position value um, or added value based on its position yeah so don't draft sal perez and put him at your first baseman basically yeah yeah exactly exactly okay nice well yeah i mean take it as you guys listen to this take it for what you will but this particular exercise is kind of saying that you know there's there's a, a little bit more fades than targets that said there's some that we didn't spend any time talking about that's like Corey seager perfectly fine where he's at trey turner Mm -hmm. fine where he's at o'neill cruz uh, you know, just $14, but it's an ADP of 87 versus Gunnar Henderson, who's going 60 picks sooner than him. So uh, Xander Bogarts is who you got in that mock draft, Steve, and mm-hmm. he's a good one that's just kind of steady, eddy stuff and things. But again, going back to like draft this, not that, if you get to ADP 100, at least this model says take Xander Bogarts, not Dansby Swanson. So uh, those are some of the, the things that, again without context of your lineup build, that's what this exercise is saying. So very interesting stuff. Uh, anything else to add there, Steve, before we jump to third base? No, no. Uh, cool. Good there. All righty. So third, uh, this was uh, confirmation bias for me because I had grabbed Raphael Devers in my mock draft and was kind of hyping him up as, as the uh, metronome who just always does what he does. And Steamer loves that type of consistency. So Devers is actually the number one third baseman here with a valuation of $35, despite the ADP being 27 So a little bit of a value there for Devers. I think that is the least pricey in terms of ADP. Yep, out of anyone we've talked about so far, with the exception of catcher. 
so Devers at 27. Um, oh, I guess Vlad. Vlad at 31. So, man, Vlad and Devers would be a nice little 2-3 turn, according yeah, to this. Yeah, I was, I was just <laughs> thinking that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then you got Jose Ramirez after Devers at a, a thirty about $32, ADP of 15. Austin Riley, $31, ADP of 21. Those are kind of fine. Then a huge position clip here <laughs> to Manny Machado with an ADP of 71. His dollar value is $22. Uh, so big drop there. And this is what we were talking about last show, Steve. Machado is right there, but 25 picks before him is Royce Lewis with an ADP of 46, but his dollar valuation is $16.40. That's a little bit of a a tough one to justify, but again, Royce Lewis is one that's kind of built on more what can he do versus, you know, the track record and all that good stuff. Nolan Arenado, uh, ADP 101, is valued at $16. So right there with Royce Lewis, but a 50-pick discount. Um, so Arenado and Goldie, both uh, kind of some, some you know, discount on, on the old man uh, uh, bargain bin, if you will. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, we've already talked about, but let's move to Alex Bregman, $14. His ADP is 102 So right there with Arenado. A couple dollars less on the valuation, but... Really, a, a pretty good fallback uh, if you missed out on a third baseman, knowing you got Arenado and Bregman there. What you don't want, according to the model, is Josh Young, who is right there with those guys at ADP, uh, but just six dollars on this valuation compared to Bregman at fourteen and Arenado at sixteen. And then there's kind of everyone else, Steve. So Cabrian Hayes, uh, Jake Berger, Max Muncy, all these guys they have valued at under three dollars. Um, kind of an outlier. Luis Renjifo is five dollars, and his ADP is two sixty four. Maybe that's something for for best ball drafts out there that he could be kind of a new mm-hmm. JP Crawford. I know he was actually on my uh, Raz Slam team that did pretty well, so maybe he's kind of an accumulator that's that's not worth uh, skipping over. But um, thoughts on the third landscape? It gets. Uh, it gets pretty crazy quick that Royce Lewis is number five here. Uh, but what are, what are your thoughts on the position? Yeah, it, it, it does get pretty crazy. And I think it, it's a, a reminder about Arenado and Bregman guys that are seeming boring, especially if Bregman stays in Houston, um, which it looks like that is going to be the case. I know there was some trade rumors there, but um, you know, guys that, the market is going to hype up and is hyping up like Royce Lewis um, may not be as, as much of a sure thing. Um, I know Royce Lewis has been absolutely amazing for the t- every time that he's in the lineup, but there has been a lot, a lot of injury history there. Um, I don't know if I'm willing to take that chance on him um, with that injury history uh, at EP 46. I'd, I'd rather, you know, take an oatmeal guy like Bregman um, or, you know, uh, um, Arenado uh, around pick 100 um, there. Um, and, and it gives me similar feelings about Devers too, right? Like I, I know the batting average wasn't as good last year. Um, you know, it, it was a bit of a disappointing season as far as, you know, uh, going from a 133 and 140 WRC plus down to 
down to a 124. But most of that looks to be BABIP driven. Like his O swing was the best of his career. The contact rate was um, the highest it's been in four years. Um, it was just a, a pretty low BABIP that led to the 270 average. And I think uh, he'll, he'll be much closer to the 280, 290 hitter that he's been um, been in the past. So um, a reminder that some of these guys that might be a little bit of fades basically due to market fatigue or slight down years like Vlad and Devers, um, these projections and, and values uh, paired with their ADPs are, are a nice reminder that you can still get some discounts even in the earlier rounds. Uh, uh, you know, if I did have a, a an early pick and was able to do Devers and Vlad at my 2-3 turn, that, that would be amazing you're knocking off two positions that may not be so deep but hey what about like a mookie devers uh vlad build or something like that uh that would be a start yeah yeah it would yeah this one's just crazy that after the top eight it goes down to a six dollar player value so like it, it really like you don't necessarily have to be first at third uh but you definitely do not want to be last in your league at third base otherwise again at least according to this um you are going to be in an, uh, an absolute hole at a position that otherwise should be you know uh, a, a benefit so that the top three are thirty dollars and then yeah looking at some of the other ones like shortstop there was only one that was above 30 second base there was only one that was above 30 first baseman you had four above thirty dollars but yeah when you talk about top heavy third base might be one of the biggest ones where literally the first three are all north $30 and then like three or four players later you're at $6 is that like the biggest dollar drop off to the fourth player yeah it might be it's gotta be it's gotta be yeah it drops $20 from first to fourth which is nuts so yeah that's top heavy that's uh, I guess the headline for for Mm -hmm. third base there Uh, we've got outfield and starting pitcher, which really could be a whole nother show, but we'll do our best to cook through it. But we need to take an ad break, and we'll be right back. All right, so Steve, outfield. Uh, this one is a little bit trickier because there's just so many of them. So kind of broke it up into a, a grouping of the first 12 and then a second 12. So we'll do kind of OF1, OF2. Um, no surprise, Ronald Acuna. It's just what might surprise people is that he's an $80 valuation. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone else, we were getting excited about like 37 He's 80 uh, Two players in one. And then a lot of talent right behind him, albeit a cliff there. Uh, Aaron Judge at uh, $48 value, ADP 12th for, for Judge. And he's got about four names, five names with him in this tier. So Tatis Jr. is $45. Juan Soto, Jordan Alvarez, uh, J-Rod comes in at $42.90, Kyle Tucker, $40.90, you got Mookie there, but we've already talked about him, you're going to put him at second anyway, so that's kind of the tier there, the difference is, like Jordan Alvarez, you can get an ADP 17, whereas Julio Rodriguez is going third, again, what's the big difference? Speed, and that's just you're paying for the speed with J-Rod, but the the model isn't liking that as a differentiator to where, you know, you would think he'd be $10 more valuable than Alvarez. He's not. Um, The next tier is Corbin Carroll at $36 and change. 
ADP of four or fifth in, in draft. So Carroll's again, another one that, that leans on speed and it's just, you know, you'll take a $37 player, but that's a, a top five pick in the draft. Uh, Luis Robert is uh, quite a tier down. So dropping from Corbin Carroll's $36, Robert, it goes all the way down to 28th. And he's got an ADP of 25. So he's another one that the model kind of says, uh, you know, bust, so to speak. Uh, then you got Mike Trout on the flip side, a $25 player, to almost $26 player, ADP of 71 for Trout. So that one is in the green. And then Michael Harris the second is kind of in the middle, ADP of 37, $25 valuation. Steve, looking at this, um, this is kind of the OF1 chart. Are you going to get any of these guys or, you know, is it, is it Acuna or Judge? Like what, what's your brain saying when you look at this group of 12? Here's why it's so hard and, and easy to fall or, you know, hard to stay away from this position and easy to fall into the, um, the you know, ignoring position eligibility trap. There is one $40 player in all the other positions and that's Bobby Witt. There are seven $40 players, according to Steamer, in the outfield position. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, it's if you're just going by taking the, the best value and the highest dollar player based on the projections, like, yeah, I'm going to go judge Soto. Like, why not? Like, that's, that you know, that's that's... $92 worth of value right there. Like, Well, and talk, I mean, not to know? jump ahead to the, the OF2 section, Steve, but you just talked about like the biggest jump or drop off in valuation. Like the, the range, like you said, there's like six or seven, there's seven guys north of $40 yeah. in terms of OF1s. OF2s, you wouldn't think is that big of a drop. And that, that budget range is like $20 to $10. Yeah. So, like, tell me, how can you tell me you don't want a top outfielder? Yeah, <laughs> you know it's I mean? it's hard. Yeah, like when you when you're, you know, I, I'm I, as we're walking through this rundown, it's like, all right, I got to go like first base, third base, second base for my first three picks. But then it's like, no, I'm I'm missing all of the good players <laughs> that all play outfield. Um, so yeah. it, it's hard. It's hard. And you, you and, gotta you know, sacrifice you, somewhere. Yeah. In a lot of leagues too, you do have to fill five outfield slots too which make it um more important too to to grab one early so it's a it's a tough game like you're 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 only given a certain amount of armor and you need to you know uh, you know build out your 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 plane and and fortify it but there's going to be some spots that are weak um and if if you do that on on outfield it's 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 tough. If we have time at the very end of this episode, maybe we can uh, freestyle like what what the uh, this exercise's best draft. You know what I mean? Just try to piece together like you know you could get this guy in the first round, second round, but we might be here all night if we do that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Of two, just to keep it moving, we got uh, Kyle Schwarber again. This is a drop off from Michael Harris the second. Schwarber with an ADP of 84 is actually $21 valuation. That's that's a good one in terms of ADP versus uh, value. Then you've got uh, kind of a cluster here. A Rosarena, Brian Reynolds, George Springer, all right around $18. 
But at Rosarena, you have to pay up at, at pick 45, whereas Reynolds is 95 and George Springer is 125. So Springer of that grouping is the one that's kind of draft this, not that, compared to Rosarena and Reynolds. Uh, next grouping is all around kind of $15, $16. Adelise Garcia, Jazz Chisholm, Christian Yelich, and Jorge Soler. Uh, Adelise is the priciest at 41 and then it goes 68 for Jazz. 77 for Yelich, but Jorge Soler at ADP 164 is definitely the bargain one there. And I think that's got to be pop and and counting stats compared to speed that you're, you know, seemingly investing in with with Jazz and and Yelich. So uh, moving to the the bottom again, there's a little drop off here. Then you have Anthony Santander, Nolan Jones at $11.60. So I know he's kind of a volatile one, but an ADP of 55 this model definitely puts Nolan Jones in the red. And then Teoscar Hernandez, uh, ADP 156 and $11.30. So that, again, would be kind of a draft this, not that on Teoscar versus Nolan Jones. But really, the model would, would prefer Jorge Soler over over both of them. So uh, OF2, not sure anything to add here, Steve, other than I'll, I'll go ahead and say from my standpoint – it it gets thin fast, so I I really think I want at least an outfield one because, especially yeah. in five outfield leagues, yeah, 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 because none of these guys I feel that good about in my gut anyway. So if the dollar isn't looking good, I I like um, them as OF twos. I like them as OF twos for sure. But yeah, 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 I guess it's just man. I thought I don't know. Outfield just seems down a little bit. I guess Reynolds. When I look at this, like Reynolds, Yelich, just somebody safe and and that's going to give me production. I think here, but uh, it's interesting that Schwarber is the highest of this bunch, despite yeah. the average was. So, um, okay, so that leads us to starting pitcher, uh, Steve. You kind of assembled this uh, masterpiece of different tiers, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of talk through the wide landscape of pitching. The the big picture for me for for starting pitcher was like how closely the tiers represented the values like uh, oh, to yeah. find to find you know we have these red and green highlights for for values not values like it was harder to find like you know Nolan Jones sticks out like a store thumb like you know the twenty third by value, but ADP fifty five, like well above the guys that are around him, like Teoscar and Santander, that produce similar values but have much lower ADPs for pitchers. Like the market is on top of it. Like you know mm-hmm. the 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 biggest riser, or, or or you know one of the earliest surprises is is Tariq Skubal. Um, as far as like ADP wise, it's ADP fifty five. It's like wow, you have to spend a top four or five round pick on to, to get Scooble, but based on steamer, he is the second or third uh, pitcher That's dollar value wise. Uh, it goes nuts, Strider at $55, Gaussman at 38, then Scooble at 35. So it's just amazing how it's much, much harder to find pitching value these days. It really is. Guys are, guys are That's bumped up. Like, it really is. Like I, I, Steve, I was just saying two shows ago that like, man, I just don't know if I can invest for that as, as like an SP one. But if you're telling me that on this model he's the SP three overall, then I feel a lot better about picking him as like SP twelve and calling him my ace. Um, so yeah, that this is at least making me 
take a closer look at, at Scooble because he could just be a more expensive version of that wide awake sleeper like like we've talked about so many times with like Shane McClanahan. So um yeah, that that was impressive. I think on the flip side of that, not to to steal your thunder on that, but Garrett Cole is in like the fourth group here. Uh so he his his dollar valuation is around like thirty to thirty three dollars. Um but he's getting drafted around Strider who's a $55 evaluation. So, yeah, that one, you know, I'm always coming in to knock Garrett Cole a little bit, and I do like the whip, but when you see him kind of lumped in with all these other names like George Kirby, Pablo Lopez, Glasnow, Zach Eflin, then it becomes really hard to justify, like, that second-round pick on him, right? Yeah, I think Cole's drafted for for floor, though. Um, You know, he is, out of all those guys, like – the biggest lock to to provide a top three um, value, like even you know Kirby and Lopez, and you know not that I don't like those guys, but the, you would be surprised if they finished outside of like the top fifteen starting pitchers. Like they could still have really good years and be a top twenty starting pitcher. Like Cole, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised if he was anywhere outside the top five, which I think that's what you're paying for. Um, even that's the fair. the projections may lump him in and that same value. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, I do think I, I had talked about really liking Eflin, um, so I'm encouraged to see him in here with an ADP of 85 uh, around names like Pablo Lopez, Garrett Cole, Glasnow, and Eflin with his control offers floor in, in, in a different way. Um, obviously not the track record of Cole, but yeah, I'm I'm going to be having shares and I'm excited about it if that ADP stays there. Um, what were some other takeaways you had, Steve, kind of as you get deeper into into the names? Yeah, um, a, a, as much as those guys are, are bumped up and, you know, there there would be years where I feel like I could get great values on Scooble or Kirby or Lopez or even Eflin. Um, there, there, there's a there's a there's a, a tier or two tiers that I, that I really like as far as like, you know, Lizardo, Musgrove, Joe Ryan, all in that seventeen to sixteen dollar range, um, and then the tier after that, in like the fourteen to ten dollar range, is Justin Steele, Shane Boz, Kodai Senga, Shoto Amanaga, even like Lodolo, um, who might be the biggest value on this list, at least according to Steamer, whose ADP is yeah. at two thirty eight, but he's like a ten dollar pitcher. Um, yeah, that's where I want to build my staff and, and do and. Rodon too. It's it's a it's another tip of the cap to the projections. Like they are, the reason why they are good is because they are not biased, and the market is basically fully out on Rodon at pick one seventy five. But his talent, at least according to the projections, is a twenty five dollar pitcher, right? Um, So it kind of it kind of yeah, exactly. Um, it's at $24 and 10 cents. So, um, you know, don't forget how good Carlos Rodon could be when he's healthy. I know that's a big if, but, um, the projections tell you they could still be, you know, um, a really good pitcher. So it's a good way to keep your projections are a good way to keep you grounded. And, you know, if you look at them, you're, you're sort of neutral. Um, that's what they are, right? That's what they're supposed to be. Um, mm-hmm. so guys like that are, are, uh, a steady reminder to sort of recalibrate and throw recency bias out the window. 
Mm-hmm. Not that yeah, Rodon no. isn't the is isn't the guy to you know say don't worry about his injury history with how, how often he's hurt and how much he's been hurt. Um, but don't forget about the upside either. Either I guess. Yeah. For any of this, and that's kind of what we said in the the upfront of this being kind of the helicopter show is like we're starting very broad in this off season, and then we're going to kind of narrow in as we go. But any of these, yes, you you want to, you know, take further action and, and research and looking into you know what their projection is. If you buy it, what are some of the variables? Did they make any changes? You know, the deeper level analysis. But this is more to just get your bearings on kind of approach and, and where the deeper parts of the draft are. Um, but yeah, Steve, I, I think you've, you summed it up well that this feels a little bit more in line with what you would expect, uh, especially because pitching can be so tricky. I think maybe the only ones that really jump out that are like surprises are more like uh, Zach Gallon is in the same value grouping as like Joe Musgrove. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like that. You already hit on uh, Rodon. Uh, Corbin Burns and Luis Castillo are are in what looks like more like a SP2 type of range, and you're definitely getting them at SP1 territory. So take that for what it is. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we're going to do a lot of pitching talk all offseason. I think this is just uh, more of what we already know that yeah. uh, we want to hammer that, like, Pick fifty to one ten or whatever we'll, it is. We'll get we'll get into the specifics and do our deep dives on pitching sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, in WAF fashion, we've saved relievers for last, and we're probably going to skim through it here. Um, I think the biggest note is that uh, Emmanuel Classe and Devin Williams, who are two of the very top uh, relievers, are actually grouped in a valuation around like fifteen dollars. Whereas Edwin Diaz at the top is twenty six dollars, uh, Johan Duran and Pete Fairbanks around twenty to twenty two dollars. So, yeah, this this kind of poll says to fade Class A and Williams. Um, but what's most encouraging about this is that you're just getting a ton of value from a lot of different relievers. So, uh, Adbert Alzale is you know the same valuation as like Rysel Iglesias, Camilo Duvall. And you're getting him at pick 132 as opposed to like a top 50 guy. Um, you know, an, another fade on here was uh, Jordan Romano, whose ADP is 66. And he's just in like around $9 on the, the auction calculator. But yeah, when I look at this, there's like a group of uh, Andres Munoz, Ryan Helsley. Those guys are both $18 pitchers and you're getting them around ADP 100. So I think just the clouds are parting that you you won't have to pay for like the one through four closers. There's, you know, there's a dozen this year and, you know, it, it basically means you can kind of let the closers come to you. Uh, unless, Steve, you differ with that or want to challenge that. That's kind of how I'm reading this, this chart and it's kind of what we've talked about already. Yeah, maybe a, a better way or a, a different way to sort this would be just to sort on the dollar value provided by saves because um, like that's what you're drafting this position for um, like Jordan Mono six there um, you know it's like the ERA is negative two dollars whip negative two dollars um, or sorry that, that was Kenley Jansen but ERA it's like zero you know negative seven for whip negative five for strikeouts for Romano so like the underlying numbers are kind of what's digging him um, maybe that's a 
a way to sort of um, keep in mind that if you want to address skills, not role necessarily, um, you know, you may want to fade some of those guys that uh, that yeah, aren't valued as high as they should be. We're just kind of like five cat relievers in yeah. a way, which is a yeah. weird concept. Yeah. Um, surprising for Devin Williams, I guess the strikeouts uh, aren't that amazing of a value. Um, but it, it looks like, you know, no relievers have a positive strikeout value just because they're not starters and the volume isn't there. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting, uh, an interesting, uh, Exercise, uh, a name that sticks out to me is Mason Miller, valued at $17, the fifth reliever overall. If he, uh, There are some rumblings of him being in the bullpen. If he is a closer for the A's, that will be pretty exciting and useful. I'd rather him be a starter um, and go there, but I know they want to be careful with his workload. Um, so th- that could be interesting there too. But, um, yeah, good exercise. And, like, a guy like, hey, like, you know, Fairbanks is on the raise, and they may – raise the closer role but he can still provide a lot of value otherwise and still you know get a lot of saves too so um an interesting an interesting thing to look at but uh you know as far as like nfcbc drafts like these guys are going to be bumped up so so much and their adp will move up uh just according to the scarcity of saves and, and kind of how it goes in those leagues yeah yeah all right. Well, that gets us through everyone, Steve. I mean, how uh, how brave are we feeling on our uh, optimum optimum draft exercise? Yeah, this is actually pretty funny. Um, like a way that we would do that, I would do draft prep like in my home league when I managed with one of my good friends, Tom, who now runs his own team in our league. Um, shout out to Tom Bosco, uh, my original co-manager in fantasy baseball. Um, we would sort of lay out like when we would get our pick, we would like lay out the decision not necessarily, tree. Not, yeah. Like the decision tree, not necessarily even like the players, like maybe, you know, um, the first one or two rounds, like according to ADP, like we're pretty sure these guys will be here. Um, but like we would lay out, okay, you know, this guy with the pick, if we have the seventh pick, this guy we want with the seventh pick, this guy with the 14th pick, whatever. Um, and then we would sort of lay out, okay, third. if we went outfield and a first baseman, then we would go third base, second base, shortstop, and rounds three to four. So we would kind of do this. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was a good exercise. And, hey, we, we we built some pretty good teams with that with that strategy. I know it's hard to project exactly who you're going to going to take, but, um, you know, sort of, sort of laying it out, like, I don't know exactly where I want as far as like the KDS, the Kentucky Derby style um, position slot, but I don't know. That was pretty tempting. Like if you go get an early pick and just take one of the those top end outfielders and go like Vlad uh, Devers at the turn if they're both available around like pick thirty. But I don't know. Those the way that it goes, especially with the top top end guys. Um, you know, depending on your room, like if someone wants a third baseman, they like Devers, he can go at the beginning of third or second round, even if his ADP is pick 30. So uh, might be tougher to do with those high-end guys who have been in the first round a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm just trying to kind of uh, patch it together as I go here, but I think I got a decent, a decent attempt 
All right, so tell me where uh, I'm off base here. If you go... So if you have... What What are you saying? You have pick 1-1 one, one here? Drum roll. Yes. Okay, so I'm, I'm going I'm going Acuna Jr. at 1. My 2-3 turn, I'm going uh, Vlad. And I have Albies, which would be kind of wishful. But I guess that could be like Albies or another second. Altuve, Simeon, yeah. Then you there, get there's Vlad. enough options there, yeah. And then fourth, I'm jumping in on pitching and going Scooble. Fifth round, I'm going Trout as my second outfielder, if he's there. And then SP2 is Zach Eflin. And then I'm getting third base with Nolan Arenado. And then what's left? I don't have a short. That's the hard part. Yeah, that we've been saying. So, so you gotta. If it's me, I'm not taking two pitchers that early. So okay. I, I think I would go. Um, so you know the shortstops around Scooball. That's tough. Yeah, short, it's like man. Matt McLean. You're at Nico Horner, Matt McLean area. Uh, at pick fifty. Um, it, it's tough. You're you're. You're, I, I like it, but you know you're not you're not getting a, a top end shortstop. I don't know how comfortable I am drafting Matt McLean. Uh huh. I might just in, have to in take round my four, medicine with like know. a Bogarts, like a late yeah. Bogarts yep. or something yep. after yep. Arenado. Yep. But round yeah, round no, that's yeah. that's the this idea. This might though. be uh, this might be the basis of my build. I like it. I like it in a lot of leagues. Yeah. Okay. One less pitcher, maybe one less outfielder. I guess who's going around like Trout. Else you could see. Around yeah, there's 71. like seventy-one. I don't know. Yelich is seventy-seven. Yeah, I mean, there's like uh, Machado. If you want to do Machado there, and then in like the Arenado spot, you can go like Bogarts um, and get your shortstop there. The risky part is if you wait and you're hoping on Arenado or Bregman. Then you're in trouble if you yes. get sniped. If you, if you get sniped, all of a sudden yeah. you're like, okay. Yeah, that's also Ryan the problem with, with uh, you know, you're waiting on one of these spots, and then all of a sudden those two guys go if, if other teams are, are waiting there too. It's uh-huh. it's a dangerous yeah. game. That's when you have to start reaching just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Like like right now I got Arenado in the seventh round, which is actually like pick 84, not yeah. 100. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. how you can do it, though. Yeah. Well, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this and kind of doing the workshop with us. Um, but this, again, was, was looking at the ADP gifts for position cliffs. I think uh, <laughs> coming up, Steve, we'll also talk about the biggest movers, biggest risers yep. in ADP, which is always a, a great kind of exercise to get into from looking at like November, December up to January. And before long, Steve, we might have to get into some actual drafts. Do you know uh, when you're jumping in? Um, let's figure that out, um, you know, over the Christmas break here. Um, I, I think once the new year new year comes, it's when I start to jump my first one. Um, we got to get you in – um, one of the on the wire leagues, maybe that could be one that we'll do. Um, the leagues that Adam runs there, um, maybe that, and he's he's already started them. Um, those on the wire listener leagues, they're like twelve, and I think he also is going to have fifteen team um, leagues this year. Same thing as uh, TGFBI, same sort of format. Um, 
So it it is it is oh, a it's got maintenance. It's got it does it does got maintenance. It does got maintenance, but um, so maybe maybe that that's one for a little bit later. I did do one early last year. I sort of jumped the gun, but maybe we get a gladiator or a best ball under. I do want a gladiator because it right, closed it. on us last year. Yeah, let's do a gladiator. Let's let's uh, let's sign up for one of those, and that could be one of our show topics soon too. A recap of that draft. Okay, well, everybody have a very, very happy holiday season. We got some different kind of staggered uh, upcoming show dates, but I think next up, Steve, will be on Thursday, December 28th. Is that right? Next Thursday, yep. So uh, a a week or so from today, eight days from today. And also, uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter at WinsBovePod. I am at Van underscore Verified. Steve is at Stav8818. Well, thanks as always, guys, for tuning in. Until next time, that is Wins Buff Fantasy, episode 124. Thanks for talking baseball with us. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays.